The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This morning we're going to be in Psalm chapter 27. So if you're following along with us, uh, take your Bibles or phones or tablets or whatever and turn over to Psalm 27 as we take just a couple of minutes and evaluate uh, what many times, uh, when we talk about popular verses, familiar verses, and we're going to evaluate one of those and look back on why David would say this. And so uh, let's look at the verse first and then we'll break down the rest of them. Psalm chapter 27, and we're going to look, start at the end, the last verse of the chapter, verse 14. David says this, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Before we go into the previous verses and or even break this down, I, I just was thinking about this as I was coming in here to do uh, to stream. And I'll be honest, it was getting my attention, you know, think about this. How many of us would have to say waiting is not necessarily our forte? Waiting is not a strength of ours. Waiting is something that probably when we think about, man, I don't want to go on the road because I got to wait in traffic or I don't want to go to this drive through because I got to wait in this drive through. Waiting is frustrating. It requires patience. We don't like waiting. Um, we, we order things, many, many people now, we, we order from Amazon because they guarantee it in two days. And if it's not in two days, all of a sudden we're having a problem because we don't like waiting. You know, I've been evaluating that idea of the term waiting because waiting, from my perspective, has two different thoughts on it. Waiting can be frustrating. When you're waiting for something to come, you've ordered it, or you're waiting in line, or whatever, you feel like, man, they're wasting my time. I have so many other things to do today. Uh, If you've ever had somebody uh, do a service call on your house, and they say, hey, we're going to be there between 8 and 12, or 12 and 4, or in a couple occasions we've had, we're going to be there between 8 and 4. And basically, don't leave your house that day. That is hard to wait. We had one a year or two ago, someone was going to come in and do a quote for us, and they were supposed to be there, they said, between 8 and 4. So we stayed home, and they never showed up. Then they called to reschedule the next day, and I immediately said, no, thank you. Uh, they never called during the day. They just said, you know, they just didn't make it. Well, we had things going on, but you also had my number. That's frustrating. Uh, that is not, you know, somebody not thinking of my time, things of that nature. So when we think of waiting, that type of waiting is frustrating and it's easy to become aggravated on it. But can I tell you that there is a different understanding of the word waiting in the right sense. And waiting would be waiting with anticipation. Let's talk about the idea of Christmas. Most, especially when you're growing up, most people are excited. They love the season. They love everything that comes with it. We're excited about it. As we get older, Thanksgiving has just as much fun because of all the food. But we look at these kind of holidays or a birthday or uh, whatever is coming, vacations. When we have things that are exciting, we know we're coming. We anticipate them. And so we wait with excitement. Uh, we're not frustrated by it because we know the end is good. We know that what we're getting from it's great. And so it's exciting. It's filled with anticipation. Can I encourage you? Can I, can I say that? In this passage, this is the kind of way the word wait is used when we're waiting on the Lord. And the reason we can look at that word, what we have to do when we say waiting on days when it's encouraging instead of frustrating, is what we're waiting on, the source of that time, what we're waiting for. Well, we're waiting on this one, wait on the Lord, wait on Him and what He's doing. And I'll be honest, sometimes it doesn't make sense. And generally, a lot of times, His Lord's timing is definitely not our timing. And so it's easy to become frustrated or discouraged or whatever it will be. But we have to do what David said. We have to wait on him. Because if we are willing to be patient in God and wait on him, his perfect plan will come to fruition.
fruition. If we push through and we try to force it to happen, and don't get me wrong, when we're asking God to do things, we have to do our part. But once we've done our part and all we can do, then we just have to trust God and his part and wait on him. And we have to wait on him and really sit there and just say, Lord, it's hard. And it is hard, but that's part of it. So please understand waiting on him. He's got a couple of things in this verse that David said that go along with waiting. Waiting, he's waiting on the Lord who we're waiting on. Be of good courage. Listen, no, don't let the lapse of time, don't let the circumstances frustrate you. Don't let them make you want to quit. Be of good courage. Be strong in this. When you do those two, he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So he goes, be, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And you have your courage and confidence in God. Both of those go in him. So when I evaluate these, what I did is I go back to the verses prior. And how can David say this in such confidence that I wait on him and I have confidence and he'll strengthen, he'll take care of these details. Well, let's go back to verse seven and let's walk through the verses prior that David had stated. He said, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. So David's pleading, Lord, I am here and I plead with you to answer me. And you know, sometimes we feel like we, that's, a, that's a kind of how we start our prayers. Lord, I'm praying, I'm begging, and I, today I need, I, I really need something today. This, this has to be more than tradition. I'm begging you to move. He says in verse eight, when thou sayest, he's when Lord said, seek ye my face. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, I will I seek. He said, I am seeking it. So Lord, I, you told me when I'm praying to seek your face and I am. And please, you know, go to Second Chronicles 7 where it talks about really, and if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then it says, seek my face. The face is the part, you know, when you know somebody well, you know their face. You know their facial expressions. You know, uh, you can probably guess when they're frustrated. You can probably guess when they're having a good day or when they're tired. You can see when they're not feeling well. You can see when they're excited, when they're hiding something. And it's all in the facial expressions. And the more you know somebody, the more how their face kind of just deceives them. That's how close we need to get God. Seek the intimacy of that relationship of getting to know him and getting to know, I can't say his facial reactions, but you understand the point, getting to know him so well and be comfortable in, in all of the different things going on. So he says, Lord, when you said, seek my face, I said, I will. But in verse nine, he says, Lord, he's pleading, hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. What's he saying? Lord, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I have failed. And I'm begging you, don't, don't put me aside because of my failures. I do make mistakes. I do make failures. Please don't put me aside. Please don't turn your face. Please don't refuse to listen. You know, the Bible also says, um, he says, uh, God, uh, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That's kind of the idea. Lord, I, I believe I'm right with you and I'm pleading, don't turn your face from me. Don't, don't ignore me based upon my fails. I'm right with you. I believe I'm right with you. So I'm, I, I have an expectation, Father, and I plead that you would hear me and you would hear what I'm saying and you would, you would look at me and, allow, and listen to my concerns. Verse 10, he says, he goes kind of in a level of struggle. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. He's talking a truthful fact here. He's saying, even if the most intimate relationships in my life forsake me, God is still there. Verse 11, she says to God, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Plain would be clear. Plain would be away from the enemies. Plain would be something that, um, it's, should we say, hidden from the enemies. But it's obvious, it's clear, it's plain. Lord, help me to follow. But it's a path that God would give us, not something we think, something God gives, the direction Verse 12, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Verse 13, I have fainted, 
unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. All these other battles, I would have fainted unless I knew the truth of this amazing God. And I will seek your face, and I will spend time, and I will get to know you, and I can trust that in the midst of all of the battles and all of the conflict, you're going to be there. You're going to give me direction around the enemies to get me to the place I need to be. And because of all of that, I can say, wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He said, listen, it's not easy. Because we are, uh, we're impatient people. Uh, we're people that want things immediately. We pull up the drive throughs and wonder why they don't even already have our food ready before we've ordered. Our impatience can become a bit silly. But I'd be honest, I think we miss the fact that that impatience can drive us to miss what God is doing in our personal lives. And may we trust in God and wait on Him. Waiting is not easy. But if we wait because we have anticipation, we know what God is doing. We know God's got a plan, and we can then with anticipation not only wait on God, but wait because whatever God's doing is better than anything I can assume, than anything I can dream of. And Paul said in Ephesians, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. So we can dream what God can do, and we can look at all the things that we know God can do. Paul says God is able to do even more than that, but we are going to have times where we have to wait, times where, frankly, it's a battle. We don't like to do this because we're impatient people, and that's part of it. Trusting in God and walking in God requires patience in God and waiting on Him for Him to move. And in that time, seek His face, get to know Him, so that when He does move, it'll be obviously Him, and it makes it easier to follow that plain path because we've sought His face. So if you're waiting on something today that you're looking, say, Lord, I'm struggling with why you haven't moved, be patient and wait on Him. Do your part sitting back and doing nothing. If you need a job and you're not filling out applications, you're not waiting on God. God will not help somebody who's not at least doing their part. But God does the impossible. God will move miraculously when I've done everything I can and I leave the rest to God. But, but in the same case, when I've done that, I must realize it's God who moves. So I put my trust in him. I rest in him and I wait on him. And in those times, seek his face. Get to know him. In those times when you can't control the outcomes, the circumstances, trust him. Wait on him and wait and see what he does. And uh, when we do this, it's amazing what we can learn about God. Take those times when you're waiting to learn as much about God as you can. Thanks for taking time to join us at the end of this week on this Friday, and we appreciate the time you've given us to be part of your day. Again, we invite you to join us Sunday morning at 10 o'clock for our morning service. There is no evening service Sunday, and so we encourage you to come. Don't, don't make that a reason not to come to both. Make it a good reason to make Sunday morning. So join us Sunday morning at 10 o'clock in person or online at 10 online. And again, pray for us tomorrow as we are looking forward to the Cars and Coffee event that we hope will bring people on property and uh, just a wonderful opportunity to meet people from our community and uh, so I hope that uh, you pray with us about God holding the rain off at least till after probably 12 would be great. And so people would be willing to come and really enjoy the time here. And we'll see what God does tomorrow as we strive to begin to get, create relationships that gives us a chance to reach out to people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you next time.